Love Talk Radio. Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Join America's leading relationship expert, top holistic life coach, and best-selling author, Dr. D. Yvonne Young, along with a diverse team of regular commentators, experts, and celebrity guests. Be entertained while being informed on the issues that affect you most. Don't miss it. Dr. D. Yvonne Young, providing you the tools you need to start living a profoundly extraordinary life. Good afternoon, America. Today is October 23rd, 2013, and I have a show in store for you. Fellas, I think you might want to take notes. Ladies, I think you may want to be aware. At the end of the day, we are going to figure out what in the dickens is it about a man being mischievous, being, as my Jamaican boys would say, a rude boy now. You know, what is it about... um, a man that is edgy, that uh, pushes the envelope, that has no, not an ounce of politically correct uh, blood in his body. What makes guys like me attract, I mean, I'm sorry, what makes guys like that attractive to women? So what I want to do is talk about that, and I have uh, my co-host in the day. i got to uh, first kind of give you a little uh, info on this sister. First, fellas, when you look at the pictures, she is married. So I know some of y'all that means absolutely nothing, but at least I'm going to warn you that you're going to go to hell when you try to mess with this woman. Uh, and her husband may send you there, but I have the lovely actress, attorney, wonder woman, super diva, finest sister that you could ever lay your eyes on from New Orleans, Louisiana, now in Houston, Texas, Miss Jaylene Mack. Jaylene, what's up with you today, baby? Hello, 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 everybody. <laughs> now, wait, I got to say something off the top. Why you got to mention I'm married? I got a husband. You know, women like attention no matter where it comes from. Why uh, like that? <laughs> look, at first, I'm going to say it like this. I have to keep myself safe from my frat brother, who, who is your husband. But I, I have never seen that stop you, even at the Kappa Convention. I never saw any brother that, uh, fellas, let me just tell you like this. This girl is so fine that when she walks in the room, the lights blink. I mean, she is, she puts it in head. And that's really why I wanted you on this show today, because the dude that you married, is a bad boy. He's an educated, handsome, intelligent. Let me first, before I say he, all of that, uh, for all my uh, brothers and sisters out there that happen to live an alternative lifestyle, yours truly is not gay. I'm just giving my boy my props. But, you know, the, the truth be told is, you know, there is this thing about an edgy brother that attracts women like you because that's the kind of dude you married. That's the kind of guys, I mean, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little edgy myself, but I have to ask you, Jay, what is it about a man pushing the envelope that turns women on? We like them sexy. We like them confident. We like that adventure that they bring. Just looking at them, we know it's a journey that we're about to go on. We don't want to be bored. 
You know, we want to stay enthused about the relationship. You know, we want the energy to come. We, we, we like that. We're attracted to that kind of, you know, pushing the edge, pushing the envelope to the edge kind of guy. We are. Everybody wants a dash of Tupac in their man. Every woman, I don't care from what walk of life, you know, she could be a judge, she could be a politician, she could be a lawyer, doctor, whatever. Whatever that classy woman is to you, you know, that professional woman is to you by definition, we're going just a dash of that bad boy. We got to confess to that. You best believe, you know, we, like they said, we're one way on the streets, right, and another, another way in the sheets, okay? We, we, we like that. We don't want to be bored. You know, the computer nerd, that's, that's nice. That's nice. But we want the brother that's going to bring it. I mean, the bottom line. That's what we like, and, and uh, we can't help ourselves. Now, how many women will admit to that? I'm not sure, but I'm one of those sisters that will say, I like it. You know, my husband's a capper. He's a professional man. That is great. That is dandy. But at the end of the day, we want just a dash of that bad boy. I think he brings enough to it because he's a man's man. Because every woman wants to feel like she can be protected. You know, nobody wants to walk down the street with a wimp on the arm. We just don't. We want that security. We want a little bit of our daddy. And our man, if we can, if we can get a dash of that. But at the end of the day, we want the protector, we want the provider, and 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 I'm sorry, that adventure, that adventure is nice. That journey is nice with the bad boy. It's a dash of just a little bit. Not enough to go to jail. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna say I'm a ride or die chick, but not really. I mean, you know, because my questions would be like, well, where are we riding to, and, and why I gotta die? No, I just I, I don't want to quite be committed to the whole ride or die thing as a lady, but I, I certainly want just a little dash of that adventure. Well, there's a big difference between ride or go get your butt killed. You know what I'm saying? But, right, but, exactly. But the question I want to ask is I'm, I went and did a little homework, and some of the guys, like, that, that come across with this uh, – my mother used to call me an educated thug. And I'm not going to lie to you guys. Before I was Dr. D. Yvonne Young, I was that dude, Derek, and I owned nightclubs and after-hours clubs and, mm-hmm. you know, popping bottles and what have you. But when I look at the brothers out there that really have some swag that women chase, look at Jay, I'll use the first one, uh, Jay-Z. This dude goes, walks up to a cat, stabs his behind and says to him, man, look what you made me do. I mean, that's and everybody loves him. They respect him. Even Kanye. Now, uh, Julia has already given me my uh, my chastisement. So, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot use my colorful explanatives the way that I would like to, but I can say the next one is a three-letter word that starts with an A and ends with an S. But Kanye's A that ends with an S is crazy. But he's got well, I guess Kim ain't exactly a lady, but he's got a woman that. You know, this girl is $100 million deep, and she loves his dirty drawers. Or we can look at other uh, names. I'll give some other examples. Mark Wahlberg. You know, he's one of the blackest white boys that's acting. Denzel Washington, mm-hmm. the place, uh, edgy. Russell Brand, this fool is crazy, but he is a bad boy to the core. He pushes the envelope. And then you have uh, somebody actually had a nerve to put Justin Bieber as a bad boy. America. UK, the Virgin Islands, I apologize. Justin Bieber needs Jesus. Uh, we're going to n- name someone else. Um, you know, Jude Law. We have so many guys out here that are 
in my opinion, just uh, a man's men. And here's what I mean by that for uh, my fans in Atlanta. I don't mean a man's man like that kind of way. I mean like the kind of dude that you can see sitting down, <laughs> popping a bottle. If something goes down, he's straight up with it. You better not call him out because you're probably going to get your lunch handed to you. That, in my opinion, is just being a man's man. But when you add a little bit of I don't care what the world thinks about me, when you add the James Dean rebel without a cause to that, then all of a sudden we come up with what looks to be a bad boy. Now, here's my thing, and I want you to kind of give me your take on this. Jolene, I know and it starts in high school. There's the dude that he's sitting back leaning on his locker. He's got that look, you know, the brooding eyes. And he, uh, you look at a woman and her knees just kind of turn to jelly and, he never stops to look at who's looking. He's just off in his own. Do you think that being what women call a bad boy or a rude boy is really just a matter of having perfected your swag? I do think a lot of that, uh, obviously, is just a description that, you know, generations have, have, have come up with. But I do think there is such a man that exists that, for, for a woman, in all sincerity, I think there's something about a bad boy that takes all women back to high school days, the girly days, you know. Um, the bad boy that reminds him of the, the football, uh, captain of the football team or the quarterback, or the, the popular guy in high school, the, the girl that everybody wanted but couldn't necessarily uh, get to. You know, there was a select few that got to hold his letterman's jacket or, or anything of that nature. So there's something about that bad boy today, even in our 40s, even in our 30s, our 40s, that takes us back to that moment of just being the, the most vulnerable, girly girl we could be. And nothing wrong with that. You know, it makes us check, you know, who we are and that we're real and that we're human and, you know, we still – we still like, like I said, a man that takes leadership. We want the man that takes risks, takes chances. He's not the norm. He's, he's living outside the box. We like a little bit of that. We just do. You know, we want the man. That's, that's why certain men emerge as leaders, bottom line. You know, they're not necessarily following the rules. They're creating them. They might even be bending them a little bit, you know, bending them in a good way. But that man, I, I think that, that we come across, when we come across that man, we still identify with him, and there's something about him that takes us back to when we were young. And when you say it takes us back, because, you know, I'm like uh, extra testosterone in my blood, so tell me, what does it take y'all back to? I'm telling you, those just those, those naive, fun um, uh, 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 times when we were in high school, when we were maybe even the first crush, you know, those kind of years. You know, I guess your first official crush is around middle school, sixth grade or whatever. But um, there's certainly some spot, it may even take you back to a memory, something that some guy that you liked in your neighborhood or in your church, your church choir, you know, some, you know, your mom's best friend um, always had kids. Maybe that was your first crush. It kind of takes you to that place. Of of just great memories and a great time, but also there's something about that that bad boy that, like I said, reminds you of your dad in a sense. You know, for those of us that have the benefit of being raised by a father or having a father a part of our lives, um, there's something about that that comes to life. You know, like I said, being that protective arm. You know, that the person that oversees and provides and makes sure that you're taken care of. We we want that. 
and we tend to see it in a, a man that has just a little bit of edge to him because he's the one that stands out, people respect to a certain degree, people look up to, people want to emulate and be like him. And as many people that are out there hating on a, a Kanye West or, or, or you know, we're just using him as a figurative uh, person to represent a whole, but, but that type of bad boy, those that hate on him, they, they also like him for what he does. And, it, and they just don't want to confess to it because maybe it's not cool to like a guy that offers more or is more popular or has more money or whatever than than uh, the person hating on him. But, you know, in everyday sense, everyday people, they're right here in our community. And leadership with a woman, that, tell me, leadership brings down churches, okay? Leadership starts wars. It goes back to women and men relationships. And women are attracted to men in those kind of positions. We just are. And we want, we want our man to be a power player. And, 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 and that goes back to just having a little bit of that edge, a little bit of that, you know, jump out and, and be different. You know, and I, and I say all this bad boy stuff, but in a good way. I'm not talking about the man that's going to be locked up. We ain't talking about the bad boy on the street corner selling dope. No, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the man that's just, you know, we just, can we have him? I'm not sure I can have him. Am I good enough for him? We go through all that when we evaluate the bad boy. But we do wow. have a little dash of that. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want to do. Uh, first, okay. ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Conversations with Dearvon Young. I have my beautiful co-host, Jaylene Mack. When we get back, Jaylene is going to, if you would be so kind, introduce. I have a really, really special celebrity. This dude has uh, been on all sides of the camera, but especially in front of it as a, as a feature actor and some wonderful, wonderful movies. And every movie that this dude in, he has been the of the bad boy, but we'll be right back in about 45 seconds. You're listening to Conversation with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. Devon Young, and today we are talking about why do women like, why is it they are addicted to the bad boys? Jaylene, uh, this dude that we're about to bring on, tell America who he is and give them some of the background on Mr. Gary Sturgis. You know, Gary is the gentleman that, you know, if we had to identify a celebrity, and I know you mentioned a bunch of these white boys, but if we had to mention a tall chocolate glass, cold, ice cold chocolate glass of water, <laughs> or of milk, I should say, of milk, it would be Gary Sturgis. Now, I just want to say I'm glad I'm married. I'm glad he's just a friend, but I'm telling you, if I was going to venture out, it would be a man like Gary Sturgis. Gary is phenomenal. You know, everybody knows him from the bad boy images that he plays in movies, you know, he's in the Tyler Perry's. 
uh, 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 what is it, Daddy's uh, Daddy Little Girl. He was in Diary of Mad Black Woman. Um, I got to know Gary later in life, although we have some history back from New Orleans, but I got to know him later in life in a movie called A Gangland Love Story where he plays another top uh, villain type guy, bad boy of the, of, of the dark side. And uh, that, that movie is currently available on video, I must say. <laughs> but uh, Gary and I have some history in that we're both from New Orleans. He is a member of Omega Sci-Fi. I am a member of Delta Sigma Theta. And I went to Xavier University. He used to come and hang on the campus with the fellow brothers down there. So I was glad to have an opportunity to bond with him. And I'm so glad he said yes about being on this show today because he's very passionate about talking about relationships with men and women, and he could bring a, a little bit of edge, more edge to this conversation, talking about the whole bad boy thing. So, Gary, are you there? I am here. Thank you guys for having Woo-hoo. me. What an intro. Thank you so much, Jaylene. Hey, first, dude, I want to thank Jaylene because, dude, first of all, you know, the fact that you are cute, I, you know, I, I'm going to overlook that because I still, yeah, you so cold, yeah. I need you on my program. But here's the deal, man. I ain't calling you for chocolate sexy brother, but, you know, I know you're working your thing. Gary, uh, thanks for calling us from L.A., man. Tell me something, though. I just want to jump straight in. Um, you play two totally different types of cats. Like, and uh, in the Tyler Perry, Daddy's Little Girls, you were like this villain dude that everybody wanted to see you get your butt beat. And, mm-hmm. but, and, dad, and, and the gangland love story, you reminded me basically of like my grandfather. Hell, you even reminded me of me before Jesus got up in my game. But, now, what is your take on why women like a brother with some edge or some hot sauce on him? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's just a universal truth. You know, women say that they want a good guy, and they'll hang around a good guy, go out with a good guy, you know, take a good guy's money. But at the end of the day, the guy that's intriguing to them is the one that has that edge. And, and, and I've learned that throughout my life. I mean, in school, I wasn't the guy that was leaning on the locker. My brother was. I was actually the, 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 the quiet, A student, you know, barely noticed unless I was doing something like being in the band or being popular. If I, was, if I didn't put myself in that position, nobody would even notice me because I was too busy being a good student. But somewhere along the line, right between high school and college, uh, somewhere right around the time I got up in there and pledged Q, it's just whatever that was in me just kind of started coming out, and it, and it transcended mm-hmm. into my career. You know, it, it transcended into my career because uh, – so, you know, soon people would start to hire me to play these type of characters because they started seeing those kind of traits in my personality. And that was something that came in time because it was, like I said, I grew up, I was a square kid. Anybody, anybody who knows me from New Orleans was quite surprised when they started seeing me in these films playing these kind of parts because that wasn't the me they knew. All of that sort of developed in my college years, and right after college I just came out to L.A. so people didn't see me for, for a few years, and the next time they would see me, I'm playing these, you know, bad characters in movies, and everybody's like, what's up with that? And, and truth be known, people do feel some kind of way when they see this kind of stuff, because when I walked out of the uh, the premiere for uh, Daddy's Little Girl, some woman, if you're listening, lady, you know who you are, some woman walked out and just slapped me in my face, man, just like, you know, that's wrong with you get to them kids. That's wrong with you get to them kids. I'm like, it's a movie, you know what I'm saying? It's just, I didn't touch those kids. They said, cut. I went in another room. I, I didn't write this. So you, if you want to go beat up somebody, beat up Mr. Perry. He wrote the crowd. I, I didn't write this. So I didn't, but it, I didn't, 
people take it very <laughs> seriously. Yeah, people take it very seriously, and, and, and it's you know it's it's, it's a testament to, to what it is. I mean, bad boys make women feel some kind of way. So I, I think at the end of the day, that's what it's about. They want to feel something. Uh, you know, you guys were naming uh, bad boys early. I was listening in, and um, there was a name that kind of stuck out in my head: Justin Bieber. I love Justin Bieber, great singer. But just because you hang out with a bunch of little bad black kids that speed down your street, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, terrorizing the neighborhood, don't make you a mm-hmm. bad boy. You know, no, you're playing no. the role of a bad boy. There's, there's, there's a little swag that goes with that that ain't manufactured. It's something that just comes from within him, and, and he just don't have that. I love him, but he just don't have that. So, no, he ain't gangster. Mm-hmm. He is not, mm-hmm. not gangster. That's what Arsenio would say. He is not gangster. So, I'm sorry, but I, Gary, I, I just want to ask a quick question of you. Man, when we look at art imitating life, do you think that, uh, and I'm going to use one young dude I met uh, back in Atlanta. His brother's name was Tupac Shakur. And Tupac was with Digital Underground. He was like uh, just a guy up do, doing the Humpty Dance. And, and I remember being backstage at the Fox Theater, and they, I was talking to Pac, and Heavy D at that time was alive, and every, all these guys were on this tour. And the Tupac that I met that day, happened to just be like this guy that had gone to the arts magnet that wanted to be a musician. He was a very talented entertainer. Now, I'm going to fast forward. Two years later, I'm at Jack the Rapper, which is a big music convention, again, in Atlanta. And I see Pop come downstairs. This fool's got a bandana tied around his his face. Uh, you know, he's he was strapped. Dude had a piece on him. I mean, and I and when I say strapped, this fool had like a three fifty seven on him, and he's just walking through the lobby like it's the old west, and he had lost his damn mind. Just to be honest, and I'm wondering, do you think sometimes that in the quest of uh, creating an image and trying to gain this swag and to get this rough edge, do you think sometimes that we are so attracted? to wanting to represent in a way that attracts females. Because I think at the end of the day, and being honest, I don't think brothers would work alone, probably halfway bathe or shave if it wasn't for women walking earth. But hmm. do you think that some men are so caught up in trying to project an image that they go and try to be a bad boy just because of the perks and benefits that they perceive they will gain from having such a persona? Well, yeah, to a degree, yeah. And, I, and I'll say that a lot of it is industry-based, too, because being an actor, because, you know, I, I've done rap music and I've, you know, produced a couple of rap albums that I never really cared much about. I was just doing it to create a character for a movie. But I can tell you it's a lot different in the music game because those personas, I know a lot of cats, you know, rappers and stuff, and the Lil Wayne's and people like that, they, they can't turn it off. You know, in, in the business I'm in, it's kind of cool because I could do that and then turn that off. You know, when mm-hmm. you see me out in the streets, that's not the person you're going to meet. Now, it's funny. People think they're going to meet that guy. They're, they're, I get people all the time. They see me in, uh, talking to people. They say, oh, man, I didn't know you were so social. I'm like, I'm just playing roles, man. I just do the lines they give me. I can't do me. You know what I mean? I, so, but, but, but when you're in the music game and you walk off the stage, you're still that person. You're still that – there's an image that comes with those, with those characters they create, and, and, and you have to be that all the time. I never – I don't know too many music cats, uh, be it rockers, rappers, whatever, that can turn that bad boy swag off because it's a part of their brand. Um, in my particular case, you know, I play different characters every time I go out there. Now, they're all bad people, but they're all bad people from different walks of life, and, you know, they're all bad in different ways, different regions. 
But, you know, when it's over, I can turn it off. And, you know, it follows me just like the, the musician's persona will follow them, ex- except I don't have to live it every day. I can't walk around me mugging people every day. And, you know, that, that ain't going to – for me, it wouldn't work. But, you know, for some people, it do. And I think a lot of young people, they see these images, you know, because we, we do – we are influenced a lot by the things we see. And they see these images on TV mm-hmm. and they figure, oh, okay, well, you know, look at him in the video. He got all these fine girls walking around him and, 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 and you know, he's able to, you know, put fly the credit card through their butt and throw beer on them and they're all good with it. I mean, it must be that swag. Now, what they don't know is then somebody says, and cut, and these girls go walk off back to their dressing room, wipe the beer off and stuff. They all laugh, get their checks and go home. The, 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 the cars go home, the jewels that they're wearing goes back to the jewelry store they rented it from. It's a lot of imagery that's not necessarily real. And a lot of kids buy into it. And you see them walking around with all these gold chains on and looking all you know, living beyond their means at the time because they want to attract, like you said, they want to attract women. And they think that that particular uh, angle and swag does it. But it, it seems to work a little bit more for me when it comes more naturally. When it's, when it's sort of manufactured and put on, it becomes that bad boy that, that girls are attracted to, but scared to be around. And that becomes that fine line of where women start saying, you know, my girlfriend told me not to mess with him. My mama told me not to mess with him. <laughs> but I messed with him. And now I'm on Jerry Springer, you know, trying to, or Maury trying to figure out who the baby daddy is. It's like, you know, so it's, I, I think it's a, it's an interesting thing how image is, you know, and I think that this, this whole bad boy swag is, is going, you know, in current times, it's, it's, it's the hot thing right now. So I think a lot of people like the Beavers and, you know, a lot of people out there are trying to act that way when it's not natural. Those w- women know. Women know when it's natural. So, you know, I would tell brothers out there, if it ain't you, just be you. You know, do you. Don't try to act like you something you ain't. Jaylene, I, I got to yeah. ask this of a woman like you because you're that woman that a lot of brothers want. I mean, you uh, guys, if you could see my producer, Julia, I mean, I am one blessed man to have these two women in my presence today. Jesus <laughs> Uh, oh, I'm serious. They, man, I swear, I feel like I'm at a pageant. But the real deal, though, and, and Julia, if you want to comment on this, feel free to do it. I remember once Julia and I were talking, and she made a comment to me that just really blew my mind. She said, and, and mind you now, this is coming from a woman that tells me what to do that I'm passively scared of. But Julia is, like, not a pushover. If anything, the sister will check you, but she, I mean, this, another, again, I'm not exaggerating. This girl is fine. She made a comment to me. She said, you know what, women want a man that is in control and that will tell them to the effect, and I'm not saying be rude. I'm not saying, no, you know, uh, it's hard out here for a pimp-type dude. I ain't talking about that kind of dude. But she said all women want a man that's going to tell them you know, this is how it's going to go down. This is what we're going to do. In other words, they want a man that's in, that's take charge and in charge. Now, ladies, I'm going to shut up. You and Jaylene, you make a comment. Is that real? And if it is real, to what extent is it true? Because I don't want some dude getting pimp slapped like that lady did Gary in the stove. <laughs> I must admit, you know, I've said this time and time again, and, you know, when you hear your girlfriend or you hear uh, people talk about, different things that happen in relationships, and he said this, and I told him he can't do that. I always believe that you have to let a man be a man. You just do. And a man, especially if you're in a, in a relationship, a long-term relationship or a marriage or whatever, 
You want you certainly want the man to be in control. He's supposed to be the leader of the ship. You know, it's God's way. It's, it's biblical. Um, I certainly don't want a man that says yes to everything I ask, I want. I don't want anybody, you know, uh, worshiping me in the sense of just just pure submission with no backbone. You know, I want a man to bounce ideas off of, to, to make some final decisions for the, the benefit, the best interest of our family unit, certainly. And, yes, take control if that's what it needs to be, take control. I don't want a man, though, to treat me like, well, you got to walk two steps back. I'm not into that. But certainly some man that has a backbone uh, to be a leader, because i, I got to have somebody to look up to. And no woman wants a wimpy man. And I've heard women talk about, girl, he buy me anything I want or he do anything I want. That sounds like they're just using that man in a sense. And, 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 and it's more of a boy in a relationship than a man in a relationship. I never want to go around saying, girl, my husband push over. I don't want to do that. I don't want to push over man. I want a man that I push, he, push, he, he bounces back like, hold on, hold on, I got this. If I'm the one pushing. So that's my two cents on that. What do you think about it, Jay? I just think masculinity kind of awakens that primal, you know, we just want to take it down to the nuts and bolts. Biologically, you know, women are hardwired to look for someone Mm -hmm. that's a provider, a protector. And somebody Mm -hmm. just with that masculinity, it awakens that primal female urge in us. Just like, you know, for men, you don't want like a real harsh woman. So, you know, the only problem is, you know, like Gary was saying, a lot of this male masculinity is manufactured and is external. Mm-hmm. It's just bullshit. It's taken too far. It's out of balance. Um, but, yeah, women want a man to make us feel like a woman, just like a man mm-hmm. wants a woman to make them feel like a man. And somewhere, you know, we've just all gotten our wires crossed. <laughs> okay, Gary, speaking of wires being crossed, um, I, I want to go back and, and just go straight to the Hollywood screen. When you were doing Gangland Love Story, that was such a that, – that movie uh, directed by uh, all of our uh, associate uh, friend, Mr. Greg Carter, if you haven't mm-hmm. seen a Gangland Love Story, I'm telling you now, you need to go rent that movie. It's in Redbox. You can rent it online at Netflix, but it's a hell of a good flick. Gary, when you were doing that thing, what – what was the driving urge behind your character, and what what did you use as a reference point to say, you know what, I'm going to have this weak spot for my sister to to the point that the the relationship almost came across as being incestuous. Incestuous, you know? exactly. And that's exactly. I'm so glad you said that. That is exactly what we were going for. I remember when uh, when I took the job. Greg and I had a long talk about the character because when I first read it, you know, I was like, so is he sleeping with his sister? I'm, I'm a little confused, you know. So, but, but once I got into the story and the characters, you know, it's a, it's a very much a modern-day Romeo and Juliet story. And um, once I got into it, I understood he was, he was the overbearing, overprotective brother. And, and, you know, and I've seen characters played out like this quite, in quite a few films. So I was like, okay, I, I get this. But it was it was a very fine line, and I think that you know when people see the movie, there's a certain scene in the film where she and I uh, and Reagan Gomez, the actress by the way that played the part, she and I have a scene where um, where where you find out why I feel that way about her and 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 why I'm so overprotective. It has a lot to do with our parents, things like that, and you know. 
it it was an interesting place for me to go because um, I don't have any sisters. So, you know, that was an interesting place for me to go. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm in an all-male family. I've got three brothers, and between us we have five sons. So there's no girls, you know, in the family. So it, it, was, a, it was an interesting role for me. But when you have, you know, for me, motivation was pretty simple in the sense that I had a great actress to work with. Um, you know, Reagan, you know, she, she gives so much. It was, it was a very uh, easy role to do because I had somebody who was able to give me so much. But there were some interesting okay. things that happened during the filming of that. Um, I, I want to mention uh, the, the late great Suavet, who uh, who worked on on the show. It was yeah. a funny moment we had. I, I had just met Suavet. She was working. Uh, she was doing some of the technical stuff on the show. I forgot what a, what her role was, uh, and I don't want to misquote it. But she, um, while we were doing it, I, I have a mic on, and we shot this scene uh, in the opening of the movie where I go and get Reagan out the car, and you know, and I get into the conflict with her boyfriend and all that. And this is you know, a real rough scene. I'm yelling at her and screaming at her, making her get in the car. You know, anybody who's watching the movie would think it's my girlfriend that I just caught cheating. So when we finished the scene, we, I remember it was cold that night in Houston. So we finished the scene. I'm standing about 50 yards away from the sound people, but I have a mic on. And so that walks up to me, not realizing my mic is on. It's like, oh, I love when you to yell at her like that, that shit turns me the fuck on. I'm like, whoa, everybody started laughing 50 yards away. And she was like, why are they laughing? I'm like, I got a mic on. They all just heard you say that, you know? So, but, but, but that's just like what we're talking about. It's like I'm in a moment where, where I'm yelling and screaming at a girl just playing my character, but there's another woman that's watching this, and for some odd reason, that fire is doing something for her to the point she had to say something about it. Um, and, and I'm not thinking, you know, at the time I'm doing it, I'm not, my mind is on what I'm doing at the time, but it just shows, it shows you that there's something about that, that swag and that attitude. Women like guys that they can have conflict with. I don't know what that's about with women. Jaylene, y'all can, y'all can chime in here. Women seem to like guys that, like you say, you push, they push back. Women like that. Women, women seem to, to like a little bit of conflict, a little bit of fire, a little bit of being told what to do, whether they like being told what to do or not. At least they'll act like they don't, but they like that. So it's like you know, I, you know, I think it's a, um, it, it's a, it's an interesting thing when you when, when you're in a situation because I've been you know I God knows I've had my fair share of uh, ups and downs in relationships. I've been married 21 years. I've uh, it's you know well known, so I don't mind saying it on the radio. I've it's been documented that I've had affairs outside of my marriage. Both you know I cheated before, I cheated in. I've I've been a bad boy, and I'm honest about that. My wife knows. I mean, because she's probably gonna listen to this and say, "Are you talking about that again?" But, I mean, I'm honest about my mistakes, but that's all part of being a bad boy. It, it, it's all part of what goes with it. It's the thing that drives women crazy. But, you know, they still want you, which is a good thing. Me and okay, I'm going to another question, Gary. Uh, excuse me, ladies. I, Gary, I just got to go here while we're on this. Now, that's the one side of the bad boy that's a good dude that's caught up in the mix trying to provide and love and protect. Now, that fool that you ended up there, that you had uh, – our girl from Hot Ghetto Mess show up at the store and ordain you with her hand. I want to ask you, what is the difference between that bad boy from Gangland Love Story to the bad boy and daddy's little girls? I mean, if you had to draw and, well, take a sifter and shake it out, what would you say is the difference in the precipitant of these two guys' character, and why is it women are drawn to both of them? Well, the difference is simple. Uh, the character in Gangland Love Story had a redeeming quality, which is the thing that really attracts women. The character in Daddy's Little Girls didn't. 
You know, there's nothing redeeming about it. He was a bad dude, you know, from beginning to end. There was no redeeming quality. Women are attracted to both, but women tend to love the one that has the redeeming qualities because he won't end up like the one his daddy's little girls with handcuffs on going to jail. This is the bad boy that won't. You know, he'll go just, 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 because like I am, I go just to the edge, just before it gets legal. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of bad boy I am. You know what I'm saying? I take it right to the edge. It's like, you call the police now? Okay, we good. So, you know, but, but, but then there's the guy that takes it too far, and that, was, that would be the character I played in Daddy's Little Girl, the one that just don't know when to stop. And, you know, women are attracted to both, but you'll find more women that, that's attracted to that guy will end up heartbroken because that guy will spend the better half of his life away from her in jail. So that's the one that breaks your heart. Um, I think the one with redeeming qualities is the one that women go for because there's something good in him. There's something about him. Though he's got all these bad things he's doing, there's something good. And kind of like Dexter on the show Dexter. He's a guy that goes around killing serial killers. So that makes him a good guy, right? You know, so it's like, like, you know, we've been watching for seven years. He just killed people. And it's like, yeah, because that guy deserved it. So it's like as long as it has that kind of edge on it, I think women, women go for that. Because they, they like a little bit of adventure and a little bit of riskiness. And, you know, as long as it don't end up with cops and, and, and legalities, then I think it's all good. Now, Jaylene, with him, uh, I want to segue straight to you. What, uh, you are one of the top entertainment lawyers in America, but you've also done family and probably, I don't know if you've done some criminal law or done some law for some criminals, but at the end of the day, I know that there's got to be in your vast repertoire of experience, both uh, as a writer, as an actress, as a director, and as an attorney, have you seen women get in cahoots with guys where, even you wanted to go, girl, what in the hell is wrong with you? I mean, why, why do you think women are attracted to that personality type? And what is it that the guy is exuding that draws them in? I'm going to say from a woman's standpoint, oddly enough, that's a form of love, all that conflict, that they see love, that they see you're fighting for me, you know, I'm, I make a difference, you're making me a priority in some way because we're bumping heads. We're fussing. You're showing some reaction to, you know, what's going on between us. If you come across a man that has no reaction and they're very cavalier and whatever, then that translates to, well, I guess you don't love me enough or I don't matter enough or I'm not worth the fight. That's what I see. Um, When somebody's been in a relationship for a very long time, and I see it with marriages, the hardest thing about going through a divorce is change. Nobody wants to change. Nobody wants to take the risk to live without, you know, uh, what they're used to, to, to um, changing the status quo. And is he going to be better off without me? You know, can, am I going to be okay without him? And ideally all those things are being sorted out. And, you know, you've written books on dealing with uh, the, 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 you know, the breakup um, post-divorce. But I see a lot of that. I've, I've actually divorced couples who have gotten back together, had another child, and divorced again, and, and, and there's been that vicious cycle there of the, the fighting and the fighting about little things, not even big things, but um, just a lot of conflict. You know, obviously for every woman, her reason of being attracted to uh, uh, this kind of situation will certainly vary, but just looking at some of the divorces I've done, and I, I swear I've done, it seems like a thousand of them over 20 years, um, seen it all, and I've, I've seen the professional people get divorced. I've seen, you know, what you want, people want to label them hood rat divorces. I've seen it all, okay? But um, 
at the end of the day, it seems like that that continuous fight along the way of of while we're while we're separating, while we're divorcing, but yet while we're not letting go at the same time, goes back to that. Just it's, it's people are in love. It's a bottom of at the, at the end of the day, they're in love, and um, you know it's kind of hard to let go of everything that you put into somebody to pass it on to somebody else to benefit from. I mean, a lot of things that come into play. You know, I, I fortunately, knock on wood, I haven't had to go through uh, a divorce ever. I've been with my husband almost 20 years, but I see a lot of people around us that have been together in these long-term relationships, and they're not making it. They're not making it. And and I can't even say it's finance. It's just people are not getting along anymore. It's conflict of personality. Okay, I've got a uh, someone uh, that is on the air, Gary, and she's uh, a person that from New Orleans that wanted to say hello to you, and I want to ask her a question. Uh, Jackie, are you there? I am here. Hi, Jackie. Uh, welcome to Conversations with Dr. D. Ivanya. I wanted to ask you a question, and this is going to be kind of an, uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, kind of tainted question, but Jackie, why do you think <laughs> women – that are like you, why do you like bad boys? And then also I understand there's a question for Gary. So if you could answer that question and then uh, ask Gary a question. Why do women like bad boys? Um, I don't know. I guess I would have to define bad, but I, I guess I would define that as a person with a little edge. Is that what you mean? Yeah, with a little edge, yeah. Well, I, I think it has to do with um, – well, I guess for each woman it's individual, but I would say for me, I like someone that's interesting, someone that will keep my interest, and of course not somebody that, that's going to bore me. So I think the conversation would have to be exciting, the things we do would have to be exciting. So just someone with a little edge, not not necessarily bad and, you know, breaking the law and just um, uh, exhibiting this persona like they're a bad person, someone with a little edge and a little interest. This, would you define the term edge? Um, hmm, I would just say someone just exciting, someone with some spontaneity, someone with some creativity. Okay. Somebody Yeah, take some notes, dudes. Now, also, Jackie, I understand you wanted to say something to Gary. Mr. Sturgis, Jackie wants, has a very special message for you. I, I just wanted to say hi to Gary. We played in the band together in high school at John McDonough High School, New Orleans, Louisiana, and I haven't spoken to him in a while, and I just wanted to say hello. I heard he was on your show. Hey. What's your last name, Jackie? Hey, Gary. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Been, I'm what, good. 20-some-odd years? <laughs> it's been a long time, and I am so proud of you. Every time I see you on television, I, I tell my kids, I point to my kids, I play flute in the band with Gary. He can play a mean flute. And pick a lot. Wow. <laughs> you know, people, and I tell people, I've done interviews where I tell people that. I say, man, I'm a dude that's, like, known as a bad boy. But Jackie can tell you because she sat right next to me in the band. I that wasn't like is. that in high school. I was, no. My brother was the guy who was like that in high school. It wasn't that's me right. at all. I was the nice guy. <laughs> anybody who right. from back then that knows me, I was the quiet one. I was, you know, I played the flute, okay? I played piccolo, okay? I was a drum major. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, right. I was a good kid back mm-hmm. then. So, and it's not to say that I've changed much now. It's just that I've learned how to use uh, – how to use those edgy tactics and those edgy sides of my personality to my advantage. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, and it's been beneficial. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be having this conversation right now if it hadn't worked for me. I, apply, I applied it. It worked. 
and it put me in the situation where I'm able to be, you know, on, on this phone call and, and, and talk to a person that I hadn't talked to since 80-something. 80-something. So, it's been almost 30 it, years. It's been, a, it's been a long time. It's why you sound exactly the same. My God. You sound exactly the same. <laughs> well, yeah, I hope hey, you're exactly. uh, at the reunion next year. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk hey, Jackie, to you. I I, thank I, I'll be looking forward to that. Yes. I, I wanted to uh, set that up, and uh, Jackie, thank you for calling in. Have a fantastic day. You're if welcome. You guys thank are holding, you. No problem. If you guys are holding or want to call in, you can hit us at 646-478-5610. At 646-478-5610. Uh, you have to press 1. We're going to take a quick 45-second uh, break, and we will be right back with Jaylene Mack and Mr. Gary Sturgis. Why do women like bad boys? You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. We'll be right back. This song is dedicated to special, unique people like me. Outcast, but you never cast out. Imagine me loving what I see when the mirror looks at me because I I imagine me in a place with no insecurities and I'm finally happy cause I imagine me letting go of all of the ones who hurt me they never did deserve me. Can you imagine me? Okay, we're back. You're listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young with my special guest in the house, my co-host, the beautiful Miss Jaylene Mack, and an actor extraordinaire, Mr. Gary Sturgis, who we will hear and refer to as Piccolo Player, Gary. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not a Piccolo. The man sitting next to the man, 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 Here's what I want to throw out, and I'm going to educate America real quick on emotions. 
they're basically 11 emotions. There's care, joy, love, anticipation, interest, surprise, anger, disgust, embarrassment, fear, and sadness, right? Now, the thing with the emotions is that it gets, it, it, it's by definition, uh, or let me say this, by function, emotions provide us with an energy that motivates a behavior. And that behavior produces either a positive or a negative outcome. When you are engaging, and, and I guess first I would like to ask Gary and Jaylene, if you pick up this, uh, where he finishes the answering this, what is it that having this uh, cocky persona, and, and I'm going to get real gender on this, because when we look at uh, Courtney Love and we look at Lindsay Lohan and we look at um, the female versions like Michelle Rodriguez and, and the female versions, Paris mm-hmm. Hilton, or Naomi Campbell, when they do this bad girl thing, I know for me, uh, even little skinny, no booty, having Motley Cyrus, when she was twirling and doing whatever, that was a complete turnoff to me. Matter of fact, Courtney Love makes me nauseous. Uh, you know, Naomi Campbell embarrasses me when I, or uh, even Bad Girls Club, when I look at that, it is a total, total turnoff to me. But what is it about the bad boy that stimulates the emotions of care, joy, love, anticipation, interest, surprise, anger, disgust, embarrassment, fear, sadness? What is it that these uh, representations of masculinity generate in a woman that makes her oxytocin and, and serotonin levels jump through the roof as well as her dopa? What makes her get turned on by this? Now, Gary, you take it first. Well, I mean, I can only speak from my, my own personal experiences. I've been told, um, and I, I'm just going to quote some, some women, I, I've been told, you drive me crazy. Now, I don't profess to drive folks crazy. I, I'm just I'm just one of those kind of people that I know what I want, I know how I want it, and I'm pretty set on that. And I think that there's that, that give and take, you know, tug of war thing is that that's what that's what gets them all riled up. It's like it, it's like the whole get mad just to have makeup sex sort of thing. It, it, it's, there's something attractive about conflict, and conflict draws all of these emotions out. You know, with conflict, you know, there'll, there'll be laughter, there'll be joy, there'll be upsetness, there'll be anger, there'll be depression, there'll be everything when when you when you have conflict. And I think that you know to keep a relationship alive, I tell anybody. You know, like Jay, I've, I've been married for 21 years. If you've been in, a, in any type of long-term relationship and you ain't had conflict, then you're in a bad relationship. I mean, at the end of the day, there's no way two people are supposed to coexist. You can't coexist with your own blood siblings for, for 16, 17 years in the same space. So how are you supposed to coexist with a person that does not have your DNA in them and you're, you're, you're doing this thing to, to get along for the future, and you're, and you're supposed to do this forever in a marriage. So how are you supposed to do that without having conflict? In time, you know, people grow, as we grow older, Jay and I had this conversation the other day, as we grow older, our, our core values may change. You know, what you like at 20, mm-hmm. you may not like at 40. You know, so it's mm-hmm. not that, you know, mm-hmm. people don't love each other anymore. It's just that what I love, you don't love anymore. The things that we love together, we don't love anymore. And those kind of things bring about the conflict, which brings the point that Jay, that Jay said, you know, then people don't want to let go because you remember the good stuff and the things that got mm-hmm. you to this point. And you don't, want to, you don't want to be without those things, but you just can't get past the stuff that's there now. And as time goes on, 
more and more things are going to happen that's going to cause conflict, be it financial stuff, be it, you know, loss of family members. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of things that happen throughout life that change how you view life and how you view people and how you view love and how you view your relationship. And, and the hardest part is to try to maintain through all of that. So I think it all comes back down to, you know, without conflict, you know, you can't really have a, 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 a relationship that goes anywhere. Women like a little conflict. They got to they gotta feel like, ooh, I can't stand you, but I love you. That's part of it. Dang. What about you, Jay? From a, wait, hang on a second. I want um, – there's someone that is calling in, but, Jay, give a, a quick answer to that. Then we're going to take Renee from New Orleans who's calling. I mean, uh, Renee that's calling in from New Orleans. Certainly. We want to feel alive. We want our adrenaline pumping. You know, look at Bonnie and Clyde, Beyonce and Jay-Z. We, want, we, we do want that, that the guy who makes us feel in touch with uh, being a woman, you know, and, and uh, uh, teaching, us up, teaching us something new. Uh, you made a comment about um, some of the bad girls that you've seen, like uh, Naomi Campbell and the, and the bad girls on TV and stuff. To me, though, when you say bad girls in, the, in that sense, that's more like bullies, women who bully other women. But then you have the bad girls like Rihanna and Madonna, Molly Cyrus, in my opinion, they're more provocative bad girls. They're the girls that are pushing the envelope from a, uh, a, a sexual standpoint, something society's not used to. And I actually, I like them for that. They, you know, they don't have right. people say, I, I, you know, I like Cher, I like Madonna, I like all the ones before, you know, Lil' Kim, not so much now with all the 30, but I, I like her image in terms of, you know, being her own woman, uh, setting her own path and standing apart. And that's a little bit with what we get with, with uh, Nicki Minaj right now. So in, in, in that sense, those bad girls are okay in my book. Uh, even all of, I think all classy women out there have a little bit of that, and that goes back to that whole thing that I said at the beginning of the show about, you know, you want a lady in the streets and a freak in the sheep. You know, you just you just do. Um, not that I'm putting my business out there, but uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go on and take Renee from New Orleans. Go on, Renee. Yeah, here's some brothers right now having a real, real perverted vision. And I'm just going to tell all of y'all, y'all need Jesus. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take this call, Renee, from New Orleans. What's up, man? How you doing today? Welcome to Conversation. I'm fine. How y'all doing? I just had to call in, man. That's both of y'all, my people from New Orleans. I love y'all. I want to say I'm proud of y'all. Um, but, you know, I, I think as, as far as the topic, I think what it is is, is that, you know, women like, a man that, that's, as you want to say, a bad boy but on the edge, a man that's going to push the envelope. Um, I think what it is is it, 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 it uh, goes back to kind of primal times, so to speak, when, you know, that man provides some semblance of protection. You know, they want to know that they have a man that's going to ride for them, you know, that's going to die for them, that's got mm-hmm. their back, mm-hmm. regardless to what the situation is, whatever it may be. Uh, they're going to be there for them, uh, um, whether it be uh, as a provider or and or a protector. You know, and I think it has a lot to do with that. You know, I, I think we get caught up into what um, modern society is, but deep mm-hmm. down inside, we all have have that that, that those, those primal instincts, you know, those primal roles in us where, you know, as men, we feel we need to provide and protect, and that's what women want from a man. They want a man to provide and protect, the way they can sit back and we say, do. you know what, I know my man got this. Exactly. I agree. I told you. Is this Renee Matoire? 
That's who it is. God, look, you put me on blast like that. What up, Brett? What's up, Q-Side? Oh, my God. Hey, Renee. Hey, man, I love y'all. Yeah, I'm so proud of y'all, man. Do y'all thing. Knock it down. Make it happen. Do your thing. Thank you so much. And, and you and you're right. You're right. I, I agree with what you're saying, uh, and it's true. You know, we've said it earlier that you know women just we want a man to uh, take control, be in control, and be the leader in the house. And there's just some decisions I don't want to make. I, I want to know my man got this taken care of. So I absolutely agree with that. You know what I'm hearing at this, and, and I think it's a real beautiful thing is that. God already had a good plan in mind when he gave us uh, anima, which is the masculine, uh, the, uh, the having the ability to have a feminine quality in animus, that masculine quality where we, through just the identification of gender and nature versus nurture, are able to turn on something that lights the fire in the person that is sitting before us that we find ourselves enamored by. Now, one thing before we start getting ready to wrap this thing up, Gary, uh, first, man, I, it is just like always flowers looking at a YouTube video of me interviewing you right after Gangland Love Story, um, and it just brought back so many memories. What projects are you working on right now? Are, are you doing any plays? You've got some new movies coming out. Uh, just what's happening with Gary Sturgis, and where can the fans connect with you and get in contact with you? Well, first off, i got a movie coming out real soon. I don't know what the release date is, but it's called The Cheaters Club. Um, women will probably dig this. I'm being that we're on this topic. It's a movie about a bunch of guys uh, who are – there's an organization of women who are out to catch guys that's cheating in their marriages and in their relationships, and they basically uh, run these guys down and give them the option to go back and do right in their relationship or they're going to take the information they got, they got and expose them. So women will probably get a kick out of that. I play a, a, a guy who's, you know, who has money and does well by his family and, you know, pays all the bills, does everything he's supposed to do. So with that, he feels he can go to strip club and throw money at strippers because he takes care of his responsibilities. So there's all kinds of different men uh, cheating for all kinds of different reasons in the movie. So I've that come out called The Cheaters Club. So keep your eyes open for that. I've got a TV show in the works right now. I can't really speak on it much because we're in contract phase, but I have a TV show that's in the works. Hopefully I'll be able to revisit the show and tell you about it once we actually lock it down. But in it, uh, I play a Heidi Slice level pimp in this show. So hopefully we'll get the deal on that and we'll have this show up on the air. Otherwise, you guys can look for me doing my workshops. I have a movie star workshop that I take around all over America. Uh, if you want me in your town, just hit me up on Facebook. If I can get 20 or more people interested, I will come to your town and teach you techniques of how to get into movies and television because, you know, there's a difference between theater and a difference between film and, and the style of how you act. And a lot of people learn stage technique and wonder why it's failing them in film. It's because it's a different technique of acting. You're not playing to the cheap seats. The camera's very subtle. So I teach that in a, in a workshop called Movie Star Workshop. And otherwise, people can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm Movie Star G on Twitter. And uh, I'm on Facebook under the name Gary Sturgis, and I'm, uh, I'm always on there. So people who, who know me from Facebook know I do interact with my friends and fans, and I'm actually friends with quite a few people that I know on Facebook in real life. So, you know, feel free to hit me up uh, there anytime. We can talk about anything. I'm, I'm on open book. Man, you know, uh, before you get out of here, Gary, something I just want to say, man, and this is uh, coming from a very sincere place. Very few people are a mega star and a movie star like you 
and still accessible to people. I mean, I you know, I, I've got a lot of friends in the business. I mean, lots of friends in the business. I'm not going to start name dropping it. Jaylene, God, Jaylene knows anybody that's ever appeared uh, for, and before a camera from Hattie McDowell, uh, uh, whoever, <laughs> up to now. But, yeah, I mean, it, I would love to have your Rolodex. If something happens to you, please will that to me. But the, the truth is, man, you are one of the most down-to-earth, authentic, uh, just you, you haven't let the money, you haven't let the success change you. And I just want to just say, man, uh, my hat's off to you. Nothing but respect and love for you. But the other part I want to say is, you play a damn piccolo, dog. How piccolo? <laughs> and I, it was funny as I played very loud. You could hear me over 164 piece band. So, um, you know, everything I did, I did it big, even when it was a small horn. Cool thing was I was able to put it in my pocket at the end of the parade, and people didn't know what I played. You know, I just stuck it in my pocket. Don't nobody know. Hey, what you play? I play a Trombone, man. I play trombone. My girl got it. You know? I just, you know, but, 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 you know, and I appreciate the words that you said, man. All of that is a, is a tribute to my mother, you know, Sarah Sturges, my father, Abraham Sturges, which is uh, my parents' names, Abraham and Sarah, are very biblical. Um, but I, I attribute that to them. I'm a Southern born and bred cat. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be humble. What I do for a living is just what I do. Like, it's like people go up, get up and go do their job at McDonald's or be a doctor or whatever it is you do. It's just a job. And though people make a lot of it, to me it's just a job. I just go in and I do my work, and I hope that people appreciate the work when they see it. And I always tell people, you know, this is what I do. It's not who I am. And and people tend to get that confused. You know, in the core of me, I'm just a regular guy who does a phenomenal job at what he does. But, you know, when you get to meet me, I'm just a regular guy. There's nothing, you know, super or phenomenal about me. I'm social. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to talk to folk. You know, I like to interact with people. And I don't think success or fame will ever change that. That's just who I am. So, you know, what I do will never change who I am as a person. So I don't expect any changes, no matter how big the, 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 the money gets or how, how high the star rises. Wow, man. Well, again, ladies and gentlemen, America, Canada, the Australia, the U.K., the Virgin Islands, the Caribbean Islands, that was Mr. Gary Sturgis. And now, Jaylene Mack. Um, one thing I know is that you have impact. You have a lot going on. Let people know how they can reach out to you. And let me, before you even do that, I want to say this. If you are thinking of going into the entertainment business, and I'm talking about especially television and film or even music, Jaylene is, uh, and I'm not doing this as a cheesy plug, I've had a lot of attorneys. Most of them suck but she has been the one entertainment attorney that I have had in my life that was with me before I was anything. And now uh-huh. that the band is national and things are going well, she has basically mentored, quarterbacked, engineered a great deal of what I do and how I do it. So this is somebody that I can tell you is not going to burn you and rip you off and make you promises that aren't going to come true. This girl really delivers, and you might want to check her out. And, fellas, remember, she is fine as hell, but she has a man <laughs> that will bust a cap in. Never mind. Okay, Jay, where are you going to be and what's going on with you? Well, I, I certainly appreciate those words, and, you know, that's true. I, I All I have is my name at the end of the day. I don't have a big billboard, a yellow page ad, and all that stuff. Everything that comes to me is through word of mouth and referrals, so I hope I'm doing something right. Um, everybody can reach me on Instagram, Twitter, 
Facebook through my name, Jaylene Mack, J-A-L-E-N-E, last name Mack, M-A-C-K. Uh, I don't have any aliases. I don't have any warrants out, so I go by my name. <laughs> no strange handlers, handles. Um, I have uh, Impact, which you mentioned, which is my nonprofit for performing arts. They can go visit the website, mpac-arts.org. That is impact-arts.org. Uh, they can look for me in The Great Divide, which is a movie I co-wrote with my writing partner, Gary B. Wilkins. It was a play, and now it's a movie. It's running off and on on BET. The Great Divide is a comedy. Uh, look for that. Our play, Liz, which is a Bible-toting drunk woman. And uh, obviously it's a comedy, so it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I guess that's pretty much it. I have some, some projects coming out. They can go look on IMDb to see what i got coming out, uh, some different movies and stuff. And just, you know. Try to represent these women in their 40s. Trying to do it wow. that way. <laughs> and, Jake, I know she's not going to do it, but I'm going to tell you, she works with and is connected to everybody from Kim Burrell to Steve Harvey. The girl is bad, so definitely follow up on that. Um, she has uh, been my beautiful co-host today. Jaylene, thank you so much for being in the house you with us. You are so welcome. You are so and welcome. Thank you, Gary. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me. All right, love you guys. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, as in always, we have got a heck of a show for you planned for Sunday evening at 7.30, so be sure to go to Blog Talk Radio. You can hit a reminder when you go on there to have it automatically take you to the program. We are on at 7.30 on Sunday nights in Central Standard Time. That's 5.30 Pacific and 8.30 Eastern, and we're on at noon Central Standard Time every Wednesday, 1 o'clock Eastern and 10 a.m. Pacific. This is a show that's all for you. It's all about you by the design. We created this program to make sure that you had an opportunity to talk to the people that you hear, that you see, that you read, and learn something about not only, you know, you already know what they do. You know their books. You know their movies. You know their music. We've had everyone on this program from Paul Wall to Gary Sturgis to Michael Baisden. So, if you know, you don't know who's going to be in our studio, but I can tell you this. The content is designed to impact and change your life. Now, with that said, Julia, we're getting out of here in two minutes. So the last thing I want to tell you, quit settling for less. You Don't you deserve to be happy? Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? While you are sitting around waiting on somebody to ring your bell, you could ring it yourself. With that said, I love you so much. Have an awesome week, and I will talk to you on Sunday. You've been listening to Conversations with Dr. D. Yvonne Young. Have an awesome weekend. Bye-bye.